This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode number 195. I am your host, your name. Oh, I did it again. I'm your host, Adam. And joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? Okay, first off, your your name, and I'm full name, but you're just first name. <laughs> wow. I think I think you you're you're selling yourself short. You are our host, Adam Bell. Yeah, Adam Bell. Yeah. Well, I you know, I, I it was better than the symbol formerly. Adam ding. Yeah. The bell symbol. That's that's your new name. You're that's, Adam Bell emoji. Bell emoji. That's that's your new name. Great. Oh, uh, I am uh well, I am Peter Nicolaitis and I am doing well. Thank you for asking. How about sure. yourself? I, I'm also doing well. Um, you know, I've kind of got a little bit of a headache today, but I'm gonna I'm gonna power through. Power through. Power through. Uh, tips for headaches. Um, a little jolt of caffeine can be helpful there. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I think I'm a little bit of a weirdo, but for me, sunlight. Sunlight? Like sunlight right on my eyes, not necessarily like staring at the sun, but getting out and having the sun actually hit my eyes mm-hmm. um, seems to do wonders for me. Yeah. So Cool. I think mine is, uh, it's usually when... Uh, the the right weather conditions are changing that's mm-hmm. when i get a headache and right now it's kind of overcast so it's mm. getting ready to to change but i took two ibuprofen and water and if it continues in the morning yeah <laughs> if it continues i'll you know kind of do what you said uh, i like to get a uh a, a tylenol and uh some caffeine that usually helps there you go, there you go. that works <laughs> But I don't, I don't, I've been trying to avoid too many, too many ibuprofen or ty- Tylenol. I only take it when I need it. Yeah. I've only taken ibuprofens um, orally this year, a couple, I can count them on one hand a number of mm-hmm. times. Um, so I've been trying to avoid those because, you know, generally I, I avoid them for injuries and running stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, inflammation is your body trying to heal. So you're, you know, really interrupting that process is not great. You're just kind of like, you're, you're masking the symptoms and you're preventing your body from healing, which is mm-hmm. not optimal. So I generally try to avoid that. But um, I also, for a while, I was taking Tylenol as a uh, replacement until mm-hmm. you may remember down when I was in Costa Rica, I was taking them and then my legs started to swell up because I was taking too much Tylenol. <laughs> that was not fun. So, I mean, nothing bad happened, thank God, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, <laughs> so. so you had cankles for a little while. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> so... <laughs> so. So what is new? What's new in the world of Adam? Um, not a lot of new things. You know, we did we did complete our harvest. So right now we're headed down of lavender for for roaming our own lavender farm. So we we can we have our 
uh, lavender bundles on the racks. They're drying this weekend. We are headed down to take them out of the racks and put them into bins to store them uh, for production. And then some of them we will use our debudding machine to take the flower buds off of them and make big, uh, I'll have big buckets full of nothing but the, the buds. <laughs> Okay, a bucket of buds. Bucket of buds. Using there those for like sachets and then different things. There's a uh, there's a dive bar right down the uh, street that sells a bucket of buds. Bucket of buds? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm thinking of a Mexican place that sells a bucket of Corona. That's close. <laughs> I like a bucket of Corona. That's all right. Bucket of Corona. Hey, I um I picked my fall race. You did. I did. So. I set up my, my quarterly goals, my personal, these are my personal quarterly goals. Now, do you still have your like, you know, KPIs and OKRs and, and goals and, you know, to-do lists for work? I do. Okay. I decided that since I was always so terrible about implementing those back when I was in the accountability group where you and I first met, Mm -hmm. that I would try to replicate my success and apply them to myself personally. Okay. I thought it was because you hated accountability. Well, there's that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I want all the power and none of the responsibility. Right. So, I mean, win win. Yeah. I mean, what's not to love? Uh, well, as it happens, um, I, uh, my, that, so I've had this AirPod in my ear since we started recording and it hasn't been doing anything and it just went dead on me. So I'm going to just take it out of my ear now. Yeah. I'm stop. I'm not going to pretend anymore. <laughs> so, um, so I decided I made myself uh, quarterly goals for the last quarter for mm-hmm. Q2. Um, they included, um, you know, some some spiritual things like acceptance of things the way they are, um, personal things like date night every week with my lady, um, and also home improvement stuff like get the kitchen cabinets painted and redone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so far I pretty, I'd, I'd say I had about a 90% uh, success rate on all of those. That's fantastic. Um, I didn't actually get the kitchen cabinet painted, but on June 30th, the last day of quarter two, I signed the contract with the painter to have it done. So just snuck in right under the wire there. Mm -hmm. But um, for this quarter, um, one of the things, the second to last, the penultimate goal, if you will, was to register for a fall race. Mm -hmm. And I did that yesterday. So on September 9th, I will be running the, uh, what's it called? The Tark Half Marathon. Uh, the Trail Animals Running Club. They're based uh, about eh, 15 miles away from here. Mm-hmm. And um, so on September 9th, I'll be doing a half marathon trail run. Okay. So, so they do they do a 50 miler, 50K. I don't know if they do a full marathon, but they have a 20 miler, a 13 mile half marathon and a 10K. So mm-hmm. they've got all the divisions. You can just choose which one you want to do. And it's just repeated loops of the same things. Mm-hmm. So not wanted to do too much. You know, I decided, you know, a half marathon trail run. That sounds like fun. That sounds like you know, a good one. And it's only like a 36 minute drive from my house. So I don't even oh, have perfect. to like stay anywhere, you mm-hmm. know, you know, get up and out the door at six o'clock and you know, I'm good. So, yeah. so I'm excited about that. half today. Excellent. I ran two and a half miles today um, because this morning then I said, well, now that I actually picked a race, I had better start training for it and I better come up with a training plan. Yeah. 
So we'll see how this works. But all I did was I took the Hal Kerner 50K plan, Hal Kerner mm -hmm. being a famous ultra marathoner. Mm -hmm. um, and I just basically multiplied or divided everything out by, you know, 13 miles. So instead of 31 mile plan, it's a 13.1 mile plan. Okay. Um, you know, so I'll be doing all the same drills, just less of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's actually, it, you know, it's running almost every day. His, his plans are very interesting in that he doesn't do so much in the way of rest. Um, but he takes like one day off and then every other day of the week, six days a week, you are running. So other plans I've looked at are like, here, you have to do cross training on this day. You do strength training. Um, he assumes you're going to do that also. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> instead of. <laughs> so like oh yeah wednesday is strength training after your 10k run after yeah, you run have fun with that so uh yeah so that's my new my new thing so that's going to keep me basically that's the next two months and then uh, that's what i'm focusing on simultaneously my girlfriend a month later will be running the boston 10k for women so i'm still training her up on that cool so, yeah and her that's plan just about to go into high gear now it's um she's just she just basically what I did is I took two plans, a beginner's plan and an intermediate plan, and I mashed them together. Mm -hmm. So she's just finished up the beginner's plan this week. We'll wrap up. And so now she's going to move on to a, an intermediate plan. So we'll see how this experiment goes too. It'll either mm -hmm. be a lot of fun or I'll be in the market for a girlfriend soon. <laughs> <laughs> Cough. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> so, uh, well, it's, it's interesting that, you know, independently, you know, I also put, I'm doing uh, a 40 day fast of, of alcohol. So I'm just oh. kicking it all, all the way out and then, 40. Yeah. A solid 40. Uh, and so I'm doing, um, fast of alcohol proverb a day where I've focus on that proverb all day and then uh also track my weight or track my calories in lose it consistently so i'm trying to do that every single day so combination so lose of, it. Okay. yeah lose it so trying to do a combination of healthy healthy mind body and soul sounds good <laughs> uh for reference listener of the show a friend of the show scott wilsey and i uh we have been using food noms for food some time now Yes. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, I was a MyFitnessPal guy. Mm -hmm. um, and I used that for, geez, must've been 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, food noms, just, just like when I moved off of LastPass to one password, food noms is so much better. You know, it's like, it's one yeah. of those, you know, why didn't I change sooner kind of things? It's like, wow, it's, it's, it's better. Right. So yeah. Is it better than lose it? Have you ever used that? Lose it, I've never used. I might have downloaded it once while, you know, thinking about looking for a replacement, but I didn't, I don't, I don't think I've put a single calorie in to lose it. Yeah, I, I haven't done, I haven't done any research on food nom, but I'm, I'm assuming that the Apple Watch calories feed into that. Yes, it synchronizes the health yeah. data synchronizes. Yep. Cause that's what I like. Cause my water synchron, I don't, I don't know if my water actually does synchronize my uh, hydrate water. I don't know that that goes into, it may go into Apple health water, yeah. but it doesn't go into lose its water count. Okay. Um, food noms is aware of hydrate. 
So it okay. knows that it exists, but as to how much, uh, you know, I don't think, I don't think it's bi-directional. So I don't remember, like if I drink a cup of coffee in food noms, I don't think it shows up in hydrate, but I definitely like, if I drink something first and I start the day and I open up food noms, it's like, you, you know, early morning water, five ounces and mm-hmm. it shows up in there. So I know it goes one way anyway. Okay. So I have a question for you about running. I have, I have experienced a, an interesting phenomenon, not very unique, uh, but when I run, uh, so, so at CrossFit, you know, I do the cross training. So it's typically running in the middle. So like today I ran a mile and a half, but I did them 800 meters at a time times three. So yeah. it, it was part of our, our rotation. Yep. And we, we have a hill that we run down and run back up. And when I run down the hill the first time, my calves cramp. Right. And and I've I've done all the the normal things. So I I drink before I get to the gym. I have consumed one liter of water. Okay. Um, and I oh I haven't necessarily taken any potassium or banana. I haven't taken any food on at that point. Just water. Okay. Okay. Um, but. I do stretch my calves specifically when I know we have a run. So I do kind of a a kneeling stretch. I'm not sure what it's, uh, I don't remember the yoga where you're on your knees and your, your feet are flexed. And I do that calf and then I'll do calf stretches up against uh, the bar, you know, so I'm, I'm taking my, my foot, bending it back. Yep. But I cannot get that calf not to cramp on the first hill. But if I, it starts to cramp when it gets real bad, I walk down the hill and I walk back up. And by the time I walk back up, it's warm. It's fine then. And then okay. I can run the next of it. The I can okay. run the next one fine. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Uh, so you're stretching them, mm-hmm. but they're still cramping. Mm-hmm. So oh, another have, factor. Yep. yep I'm yep. wearing knee braces. I wear neoprene knee braces. So okay. there's tension at the top of them. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe not. Maybe. I, mean, I I have found my my cramping situation. So I don't deal with cramps much. Um, the only time I usually have to is when I do my strength routines, if I don't do lunges regularly, the day after I do lunges, I always seem to overdo it. So lunges always overdo it. So the day after I do lunges, I'll feel cramps, but not mm-hmm. in my calves. It's usually in my hamstrings and my quads where I'll feel those. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I would say is I would consider doing calf lifts as warm ups or as a regular. You know, so oh, you oh yeah, yeah. Onto your toes. Yeah. Um, I would consider doing a bunch of those and, you know, you can just add this like to your daily stretching or warm up routine. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that. I added, so notionally I added those to my daily push-ups, pull-ups, calf lifts routine, mm-hmm. which you, as you know, I fell off the wagon on, um, <laughs> but they're like the easiest to do really, you mm-hmm. know, just doing, just doing calf lift. You can do them while you're standing at the desk, you know, mm-hmm. they're really easy. Um, you can also do them one leg at a time for extra, you know, challenge. So mm-hmm. you want to break them up. So you can do, I just did like four on my left and now do four on my right. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also do deficit <laughs> calf raises. So you stand on a step 
And if you're going to do this, I highly recommend for safety's purposes, you stand on a bottom step on a bottom <laughs> set of stairs, not at the top of stairs. Um, but you basically let yourself hang off by your toes or by the ball of your feet and then bring yourself back up. Right. Uh-huh. So those are some exercises that will likely strengthen the calves and help you with that. Um, the other thing I would do is start foam rolling. If you don't already use mm-hmm. a get a foam roller or a, a Theragun style massage gun and roll the calves um, before roll the calves. I would roll them out before. And more importantly, I would do it after, mm-hmm. um, but you could try both, right. just to warm them up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would, I would look at yoga. We don't do a, you know, like if you're in a, like a high lunge position, you're stretching the calves, you know, mm-hmm. the, the back of the ankle. There's a lot that you can do for that. But I think in this case, I think like manipulation and massage and X and strengthening is probably going to serve you better. Yeah. Cause it, and it does only happen when I'm going down the hill, when I run up the hill, no problem, but it's going down. And it's weird because usually people, when they're going downhill, they usually complain about their quads, not their calves. Mm-hmm. Um, are you heel striking? Do you land on your, on your, on your heels? Probably. I mean, I okay. probably, I don't really, I mean, I don't really strike strong on my heels. I, I kind of, I mean, it's pretty flat as far as the, I try okay. to aim on the, I don't try to land on my toes, but I, it's kind of a flat hit. Okay. So next question, um, when you're going down, does it feel like you're usually putting on the brakes? Yes. Are you trying to keep it? Okay. How steep is this hill? Uh, pretty. I mean, not terribly steep. Uh, okay. You wouldn't, you couldn't push a car up it. Okay. <laughs> not by yourself. Yeah. Okay. But with a friend, you could push it up a, a car? Up a, couple, a couple friends. <laughs> I would. So here's what I would do. And this is something that I was working on um, in my, uh, in my ultra marathon um learn to love the downhills and flex into it and go get faster right yeah. now that's dangerous because if you overdo it you know you, you face plant while you're going oh, down oh, oh. <laughs> but again mostly usually you know people have problems on hills is because they're trying they're just basically hitting the brakes so much mm-hmm. and i'm just wondering if your heel striking on the way down that might be what's going on is you're trying to stop yourself pretty much with every step yeah, so in, I think you're on it. So instead, if you start to like embrace the downhill and, you know, you can do it with control, mm-hmm. but essentially, you know, feel a little more free as you're floating down the hill rather than trying to break, 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 break with every yeah. step. Um, I would try that and and I would be tempted before you change your strength or massage or calf lifts, you know, the routines, mm-hmm. just try, you know, gently try to go down at a mm-hmm. reasonable pace, but let the gravity, you know, in, enjoy some free speed, basically, mm-hmm. um, you know, enjoy some of that and see what happens. Maybe put on, you know, uh, knee and, and elbow pads first. too. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you running with a helmet? Don't worry about it. Don't worry, not important. I'm not going to. Oh, that's why. Got it. Thanks. So yeah, I would try that, and then you know, if you, and I would give that a couple of times, and then you know, from there, start to you know, maybe incorporate the other stuff. But mm-hmm. whenever I make changes like that, I always like to give it a little time and see, like you know, did what I did just 
fix things or was it something else? You know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's why we're good at what we do. That's right. Because <laughs> we troubleshoot. Yeah. We don't just randomly throw stuff at the wall. And, oh, Hey, look, something's stuck. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but something stuck. I tried five things. Which one was it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Uh, so a couple new things. Uh, well, our, our, so our podcast from June 16th is now live. Um, I used our, our retro van artwork. Do you remember years ago you had to drive your parents' Astro van? <laughs> Oh, I wish I could forget that. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, uh, that is our art, our it's it's our regular art worth with the van on. So awesome! <laughs> I love it. That's great. That's great. No, I was going. I was, you know, I was getting everything ready to publish. I was like, "What's this one rolling?" Oh, here we go. <laughs> rolling. <laughs> the so retro van. Retro van. And I like then. It. The, the, the you know for all the security conscious people out there we have a new certificate on our website hey now, the old one didn't expire it was it, it would have expired at the end of the month but we got the new one up so excellent all right are you doing those manually using let's encrypt how, do you, how are you managing those uh godaddy i just i just buy a godaddy certificate and oh. i have to download the certificate upload the certificate and activate the certificate. Don't Oof. really know why I have to do that when I buy it from them, uh, but they do want you to pay for that service. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I've moved everything that's. If if something is really important, I'll use a signed cert from a reputable certificate authority. But for most things, like I would say something like, you know, that's important as this podcast, I would be perfectly happy with the Let's Encrypt certificate. So, yeah, what I want is I don't want there to be any browser compatibility. Yep. I don't want any browser to say, oh, question mark. I've <laughs> never, never had anything with Let's Encrypt have a problem. Really? Yep. Never had a problem. It's just I've had more only time I had problem a long time ago. It's probably the same thing that GoDaddy was using, but I had like an intermediate certificate authority, you know, was not supported mm -hmm. by XYZ browser and something. But now I just, it doesn't, it's just not a factor. If you're using it, can you choose, how many years can you choose for your certificate? Well, let's encrypt uh, the max, I believe they give is 90 days, but part of the system is it automatically renews everything for you. So it just becomes a cron job and it just cycles and redoes it every, you know, like every 60 or so days. Well, that's cool. Yes. And it's free. Yeah. I've never used them. Um, I mean, I've heard of them, but I've never used them. Yep. We're worth looking into. Mm -hmm. Let's encrypt. Let's encrypt. What else we got? So are you experiencing Microsoft, Microsoft spam quarantine issues right now? Not yet, but maybe I will soon as I migrate uh, yet another customer over to Microsoft yeah. 365. You guys aren't experiencing that at the hospital or anything? 
the hospital for which I do a lot of work is on-prem exchange. Oh, because <laughs> yeah, they're too big. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> I'm gonna just I'm just gonna zip my mouth right now. <laughs> I'm just glad I don't I don't have any I do not have any exchange servers in my life. I, <laughs> I gave up my last exchange server. I want to say it was like five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't miss it for a split second. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I did back in the day because I really felt awesome having my own mail server. You know, mm -hmm. it was really cool. Yeah. But when it became my responsibility to make sure companies' email servers were online all the time, uh-huh it stunk yeah oh yeah no running your own mail server not just exchange too i mean running running exchange is its own special breed of mm -hmm. you know torture but um but running you know any mail server whether it's postfix or send mail and uh, you know a, a imap server and all that stuff it's just a hassle. It's a, mm -hmm. you know, it's a serious hassle. And, you know, I know people who do it like a badge of honor, like, Oh, it's no big deal. Like, yeah. Except when you lose a weekend because, you know, you got blacklisted because such and such and this, and I was just like, mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved my first mail server and I can't remember. I think it, the company they I want to say was internet anywhere uh, was the comp the software vendor and shoot i can't remember the mail but i was able to program my pop credentials in there go out to my provider and like pull down emails from the provider you know i was able to also send things to it so like i had comcast emails and so you would i would be able to grab all those and point them all inter yeah, mm -hmm. anywhere uh, was what it was and but then once people found it, I had to fight hackers and. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's just, you, you give up a lot when you don't run your own mail server and almost all of it is stuff you don't want in the first place. So <laughs> give it up and be yeah. good. Be, be happy you did. So what, what, here's what, uh, here's what the rest of the world is experiencing with office 365 right now is uh, you send me an email, it goes into quarantine. Uh, you're like, oh, not a problem. I'll whitelist Adam. Here's his domain. I'll whitelist him because I want to receive all emails from him. He's a valid sender. Uh, you go in, you whitelist, and Microsoft ignores your policy that you've created. Your whitelist oh. policy is, is being ignored. That's helpful. It's completely helpful. So every one of your, your rules are ineffective and you tell Microsoft, hey, we have a problem here. And they're like, well, whitelist it. Do we? Do we though? <laughs> but do we though? <laughs> Did you really want to receive that email from Adam do anyway? We, do we have a problem or <laughs> do you have a problem? <laughs> yeah. So we are, you know, we are informing our clients as they're like, well, and well, here's the thing. Well, it's not, it is a hassle. It is a first world problem to have to check quarantine for your email. Sure. But the worst part of that is something about the encoding is breaking once it hits in um, 
in the quarantine. So yeah. those those HTML emails that you get, you know, they they're being ripped apart. So you release it and you get this garbledy gook links, yeah. pictures, you know, are are missing. And then the users are freaking out. They can't, I can't sign this DocuSign, whatever, because I can't click the links on them. And that is that is actually a real problem. The, sure. the quarantine, that's a that's a first world problem if you can get it. Yeah. So it's interesting. It sounds like it's tearing the apart um and giving the um it's trying to give the the um it's trying to give you back a a recreated um version of the email. Like it's tearing mm-hmm. it apart and trying to give you a sanitized version. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. I I think that's what they're trying to do. So if a virus is in it, you could still receive an email, but it just pulled it out of it. Yeah, you'd think though if it uh, if it came back clean that it would have been you know let go. Mm-hmm. I just got a notification that one of my customers' websites is down. Can we pause for a minute? Sure. The website is down. The website is down. Zoom recording. Resume. And All right. We're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had a slight dis uh, a slight uh, uh, disruption there from a website being down and needed to uh, restore from a backup. So you know, you know the the website the website is down dot com. Oh, I know the website is down all too well. <laughs> yes, I, just, I just shared that with my girlfriend a few weeks ago, and she she actually thought it was kind of funny. So yeah, yeah. third one from the top. No, the third one from the bottom. No, from the bottom. How, right, did you I just, reboot? Yeah, I rebooted. How many times? Three times. You 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 tell me I always reboot three times. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're gonna yeah, you yeah, we'll do you gotta reboot it two more times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yes, I that is a that's a classic. That is a classic. Oh uh, <sighs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, so I did have a follow. I don't well, I thought yes. we put a we had a we put a pin in it. So one of the things was, uh, can brain cells regenerate? Yes, I noticed that. Yeah. So I found it on the internet. So it must be true. Uh, Center center of the cell brain cells can regenerate. There is a, there is a, they're actually dedicated to the brain and cells. And they were kind of an interesting website. But so the question is, you know, if you experience brain damage to your cells through physical disease, uh, you know, a seizure, stroke, you know, those yes. kinds of things, can those things, can those cells grow back? Generally speaking, it's a very, it's a difficult process to get those cells to grow back, but it's yes. not impossible. Okay. You know, so there are a couple of things. Well, uh, our brain has uh, lots of, it has a redundancy set in it with the specific spheres. If one part of the sphere becomes damaged, there is the potential for growing it back mm-hmm. uh, on the other side, but that doesn't, that's not replacing dead cells. So I was right. just, I did some, a little bit of search. So I'm going to read from the website center of the cell.org. It's a, uh, I don't, they're, they're from the UK, you know, but it says, can let can so your brain cells regenerate? So let's start with glia. 
Glia cells can replicate the same way as almost all of our other cells do by mitosis. This is a process in which the cell grows bigger and bigger before splitting itself in half to make two new identical cells. This process can be repeated over and over, allowing them to regenerate whenever they want to. Neurons, which are your brain cells, uh, on the other hand, are trickier. Since they are so massive, it's completely impossible for them to split evenly in mitosis. Furthermore, every, new, every single neuron is part of a huge circuit. So if a group of neurons decided to take a break and divide up, we'd be left with a big gap and unable to function properly. Aha. So this is where the rumor comes from that neurons cannot regenerate. And scientists, scientists actually believe this to be true for a long time. So science has said that. So, however, science has recently discovered that neurons can actually regenerate using a really unique method in an area of the brain when it gets damaged called neurogenesis. So what happens is the brain uses a secret supply of neural stem cells and transforms them into new neurons without using mitosis. Stem cells are a bit like baby cells, which haven't, given, haven't been given a job yet. Maybe this is why... Scientists call them immature cells. So there's lots of, you know, there's lots of applications uh, where that could, you know, disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Yes. You know, those diseases, if we could put those neurons back together. Yeah. And uh, those people could then be thinking properly again. And then even, you know, alcohol abuse, you can have alcoholic seizure, uh, you can have a car wreck, you can, you know, a stroke, you know, the things like that. Uh, but I, I think that the, while the, what there's a fine, I don't know what the finite number of stem cells that you have in your body, <laughs> you know, uh, as it says, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, I think that that's the, that's the big, uh, problem is getting, getting those stem cells to do the neurogenesis. And so I think that's probably the key. And it's probably easier said than done. <laughs> right. So, so neurons and stuff, those are the ones that you don't get back essentially. So yes, yes. Without neurogenesis. Without neurogenesis. Yeah. So those are the tricky ones. So mm -hmm. maybe, um, and, and if I'm correct, doesn't, isn't that what like alcohol kills? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. There you go. So, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but, but it is a, uh, you know, right now this is, you know, semi-theoretical science and not quite theoretical. I mean, it's, 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 they know how to do it, but uh, we also know how to kill cancer, but we haven't alleviated all cancers. So it's probably right. a long ways to, to go. I mean, yeah, knowing how to do something on a small scale and then doing it, you know, at scale is not the same. Yeah. Yeah. The the tricky parts of, you know, like I said, we can kill cancer. The problem is a lot of times we're killing other good cells and sometimes you can't kill all the cancer and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so we just need to uh, we download our, 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 uh, you know, binary brains into a digital format and then we'll <laughs> keep functioning. So, so that, that bit of follow-up was what, how many months overdue now? We finally got that uh, taken care of. Ooh, who's counting? 
I know, but what I'm saying is, dear listener, better late than never, right? Yes. <laughs> so, you know, we we got you that. We promised you we were going to put a pin in that. We put a pin in that. <laughs> and and Adam just actually finally pulled that pin out. So, well done. <laughs> I pulled the pin. Well done. I like that. <laughs> Excellent. That's our bit of follow-up. Do we have any other follow-up or feedback that we need to uh, address today? Um, We don't have any that we will address today other than that. Okay. Very good. Unless you have. All right. What about Uh, Nifty? I don't have a Nifty, but I have a potential Nifty. Potential. Another potential Nifty. And I think maybe we should just have a friend of the show, Scott Wilsey on to cover it. (laughs) He he sent me this, uh, this morning or late last night. Uh, He sent me a link to a Mac utility called text buddy text buddy yes and i have gotten as far as downloading it and took taking a quick look at the um at the website about it mm-hmm. but it's a mac app for manipulating text a swiss army knife for plain text that is there when you need it and hidden when you don't it's a single window of text with 137 useful commands you can run to transform, sort, and filter your text into the format you need, extract some data, or jot down a quick note. Okay. So um, there's it's a free download. I think there's a it's like a $35 purchase. I'm going to mm-hmm. check it out to see if it's something useful. Um, Scott often comes up with useful things, so I will I will have to check this one out. But uh, I got as far uh, down as downloading it, but I haven't uh, gone any further. So. Yeah. Well, you know, something I do, uh, I have a, what you wouldn't know until I tell you right now. So something that <laughs> something that I do is I keep a text editor open a lot because okay. there's there's a lot of data that that I'm copying and pasting and it's at a crappy format and I just want it to be text. Yes. Even though, you know, Google has where you can choose to place as plain text. Yes. The, I find the most efficient way is drop that stuff in a notepad, clear yep. out what I don't want. And then I've got this text. And then sometimes I just take notes. So <laughs> your do not disturb is disturbing. I thought I was in do not disturb mode, but <laughs> someone just disturbed me. You know, so, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, I have something that you tell me I might want to write down. And it's not it's not something really important that I need to have a document forever, mm-hmm. but I'll I'll go ahead and write it down. Send you know Peter asked for this information. Send Peter this, and I'll just write it down. And it, but the problem with that is it's not synchronized anywhere, and if my computer restarts, it's not saved anywhere. So, ah, <laughs> okay. And you and this is in a text editor, you say? Yeah, yeah. So Windows text well, editor. You're using the wrong text editor. Uh huh. So, uh, what text? Because I, I, I like notes. Yep. But I'm not always on a Mac. Right. Oh, okay. But notes is not a text only thing. Yeah, it's got too much stuff. Yeah. Right. So there's text edit for Mac. Mm Hmm. And I Um, use that some. Yep. And that, but again, that is also even now text edit also um, supports rich text and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it's not the best for stripping what you're doing. What you're, yeah, I, I have to kick it out of that. It does have go to the plain text mode. So I open it up, start it, okay. plain text. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I have been pretty happy for the last several several months with TextMate on text the Mac. Mate. Mm-hmm. TextMate. 
And TextMate will basically emulate the same behavior as a Windows editor that I use, Notepad++. Mm -hmm. And what that is, is it automatically takes copies and basically keeps a buffer. It auto saves. So if you just quit the editor, when you reopen it, your all of your open windows and stuff are right there. Okay. So does Notepad++ do that? Yes, too? it does. Yep. I believe that's I, the default behavior in both of them. Okay. Because I, I use, I have Notepad++ installed. Yep. I just keep it, I keep it for, well, I used to do some programming. I don't do any programming anymore, but when I wanted to do, do repeatable tasks in a yep. text edit, that's what I yep. used. Yeah. <laughs> We actually, you know, Scott and I talked about this on uh, Friends with Beer some time ago, Friends with Brews, and we were discussing that and uh, how like Visual Studio Code, VS Code is now cross-platform on Windows, Linux, and Mac. Yeah. Um, so if I was doing a project where I needed to be moving back and forth between the two and I had that readily available, I would probably use that just to have a more consistent experience across mm -hmm. platforms. Um, I got as far as installing it on most of the systems that I use on a daily basis. And then I stopped doing any uh, work with coding that I was working on. And <laughs> I went back to just text made a notepad plus plus. So yeah. those are my go-to editors now. Cool. I'll give that a go. Because yep. what I've ended up doing is I have OneDrive on my Windows computers. I hate OneDrive, by the way, but I have OneDrive. And then I just save those documents in my documents with today's date. And then I, then I've got yep. them if I need them. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, should we wrap it up? We should wrap it up. Well, dear listener, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us at blurringthelinespodcast.com. Uh, you can also find Adam at sublime comp uh, on Twitter. He's also at sublimecomp.com. He's at rrlavenderfarm.com. I'm pretty sure he's on Facebook and I believe his company is as well. So you mm -hmm. might be able to find him there as well. Yeah. Um, and you can find him right here. And then for me, you can find me. Oh boy. You can find me at blurringthelinespodcast.com. You know, that's as far as we're going to go. If you want to find me, <laughs> go there. You can find a link. You can find a link to me from there, can't you? I think you can. Yes, yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. So you, you'll find me from there. That's it. That's it. On that note, let's just push that big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us. 